This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Welcome. This is the One Year Bible Reading for November 27th. We are in the book of Daniel this morning, starting at the top of chapter 4. We're going to hear about another of these dreams of King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I want you all to know about the miraculous signs and wonders the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how powerful his wonders. His kingdom will last forever, his rule throughout all generations. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living in my palace in comfort and prosperity. But one night I had a dream that greatly frightened me. I saw visions that terrified me as I lay in my bed. So I issued an order calling in all of the wise men of Babylon so they could tell me what my dream meant. When all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers came in, I told them the dream, but they could not tell me what it meant. At last, Daniel came in before me, and I told him the dream. He was named Belteshazzar after my God, and the spirit of the holy gods is in him. I said to him, O oh, Belteshazzar, master magician, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too great for you to solve. Now tell me what my dream means. While I was lying in my bed, this is what I dreamed. I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth. The tree grew very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh green leaves and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shade and birds nested in its branches. All the world was fed from this tree. Then, as I lay there dreaming, I saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven. The messenger shouted, cut down the tree, lop off its branches, shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit, chase the animals from its shade and the bird from its branches, but leave the stump and the roots in the ground bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass. Now let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live like an animal among the plants of the fields. For seven periods of time, let him have the mind of an animal instead of a human. For this has been decreed by the messengers. It is commanded by the holy ones. The purpose of this decree is that the whole world may understand that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses, even to the lowliest of humans. O Belteshazzar, that was the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now tell me what it means, for no one else can help me. All the wisest men of my kingdom have failed me. But you can tell me, because of the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Upon hearing this, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, was overcome by, for a time, aghast at the meaning of the dream. Finally, the king said to him, Belteshazzar, don't be alarmed by the dream and what it means. Belteshazzar replied, Oh, how I wish the events foreshadowed in this dream would happen to your enemies, my lord, and not to you. You saw a tree growing very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. 
It had fresh green leaves and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shade and birds nested in its branches. That tree, your majesty, is you. For you have grown strong and great. Your greatness reaches up to heaven and your rule to the ends of the earth. Then you saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump and the roots in the ground bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him eat grass with the animals of the field for seven periods of time. This is what the dream means, your majesty, and what the Most High has declared will happen to you. You will be driven from human society and you will live in the fields with the wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow and you will be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. But the stump and the roots were left in the ground. This means you will receive your kingdom back again when you have learned that heaven rules. O King Nebuchadnezzar, please listen to me. Stop sinning and do what is right. Break from your wicked past by being merciful to the poor. Perhaps then you will continue to prosper. But all these things did happen to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, he was taking a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon. As he looked out across the city, he said, Just look at this great city of Babylon. I, by my own mighty power, have built this beautiful city as my royal residence and as an expression of my royal splendor. While he was still speaking these words, a voice called down from heaven, O oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. That very same hour, the prophecy was fulfilled and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow and was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived this way until his hair was as long as an eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws. After this time had passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven. My sanity returned, and I praised and worshipped the Most High and honored the one who lives forever. His rule is everlasting, and his kingdom is eternal. All the people of earth are nothing compared to him. He has the power to do as he pleases. Among the angels of heaven and with those who live on the earth, no one can stop him or challenge him, saying, what do you mean by doing these things? When my sanity returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. My advisors and officers sought me out and I was reestablished as head of my kingdom with even greater honor than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven. All his acts are just and true and he is able to humble those who are proud. We're going to start the letter of Second Peter today. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you who share the same precious faith we have, faith given to us by Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, who makes us right with God. May God bless you with his special favor and wonderful peace as you come to know Jesus, our God and Lord, better and better. 
As we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness. And by that same mighty power, he has given us all of his rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that you will escape the decadence all around you caused by evil desires and that you will share in his divine nature. So make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. Then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. A life of moral excellence leads to knowing God better. Knowing God leads to self-control. Self-control leads to patient endurance. And patient endurance leads to godliness. Godliness leads to love for other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you will become productive and useful in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop these virtues are blind or at least very short-sighted. They have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those who God has called and chosen. Doing this, you will never stumble or fall away. And God will open wide the gates of heaven for you to enter into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I plan to keep on reminding you of these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth. Yes, I believe I should keep on reminding you of these things as long as I live. But the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that my days here on earth are numbered and I soon will die. So I will work hard to make these things clear to you. I want you to remember them long after I am gone. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the power of our Lord Jesus Christ and his coming again. We have seen his majestic splendor with our own eyes. And he received honor and glory from God the Father when God's glorious, majestic voice called down from heaven, This is my beloved Son. I am fully pleased with him. We ourselves heard the voice when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a, sh a light shining in a dark place until the day of Christ appears and his brilliant light shines in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophets themselves or because they wanted to prophesy. It was the Holy Spirit who moved the prophets to speak from God. Psalm 119, starting in verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. I think about it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for your commands are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your decrees. I am even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commandments. I have refused to walk on any path of evil, that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your laws, for you have taught me well. How sweet are your words to my taste. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once and I'll promise again. I will obey your wonderful laws. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again just... Lord, accept my grateful thanks and teach me your laws. My life constantly hangs in the balance, but I will not stop obeying your law. 
The wicked have set their traps for me along your path, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your decrees are my treasure. They are truly my heart's delight. I am determined to keep your principles even forever to the very end. Proverbs 28, 17 and 18. A murderer's tormented conscience will drive him to, into the grave. Don't protect him. The honest will be rescued from harm, but those who are crooked will be destroyed. I don't know if you can still hear me. I'm having tremendous technical difficulties today. Um, and uh, even this internet seems to have gone down, but I will try to share this devotional with you. And it's called Why We Cling to Unforgiveness, again by Selwyn Hughes from Psalm 86, 1 through 17. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. A friend of mine who was a minister and Christian counselor shared with me about a woman who told him that she spent 30 to 45 minutes every day asking God to take away from her an unforgiving spirit. She told him that what she wanted more than anything in the world was the ability to forgive those in her family who had brought her hurt. The minister joined her in prayer, but the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and showed him that deep down the woman did not want an a forgiving spirit. The minister waited for the spirit to show more, but nothing came. Realizing that he had enough information to pursue the matter, the minister invited the woman to explore the possibility that what she was asking for with her lips was not what she was asking for in her heart. At first, the woman seemed annoyed and upset by the suggestion that deep down she might not want what she was asking for, but gradually she agreed to take an inside look. In the hour or two that followed, this came out. Despite her claim that she wanted to forgive, deep down in her heart, she clung to an unforgiving spirit as it gave her the justification she needed when she was the cause of hurt to someone else. In other words, she was saying to herself, other people have hurt me, so it won't matter so much when I hurt them. When she saw what she was doing, she immediately surrendered it to God and found inner release and freedom. God, we are deeply challenged by this, yet deeply relieved to know that whatever might elude us can never elude you. We open up our hearts right now for inspection and examination. Search us and make us whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you all. Have a beautiful day.